Hello everyone, my name is Walia Eaglehawk and I am the BTS Theorist. I'm a sociologist, a social theorist, a full-time army and the author of Idol Limerence, The Art of Loving BTS as Phenomena. I make books all about BTS and ARMY and now I'm making podcasts too. On the BTS Theorist, I want to bring to you stories from within the fandom and new perspectives on BTS and ARMY. Think of this as a place where I share ideas, experiences and observations all about those seven men we love so much and the fandom that journeys next to them. Plus, I'll bring in people to interview from time to time just to keep it fresh, such as today. If you're an ARMY, it's so good to have you here. If you're a curious onlooker, hi. I hope you find this episode informative and that you walk away with a better understanding of just what makes BTS and ARMY so good. So on today's episode, I am so fortunate to be interviewing an essayist from my latest book project, I Am ARMY, We Don't Need Permission. This book features a collection of essays from ARMY from around the world that share their stories of how they found BTS and, and who on earth they are. Like, that's what I'm really interested in here. I want to know all about ARMY. So I am joined all the way from South Africa by Lyndon Zass. He is a researcher by day and an eternal student by night. He's a full-time ARMY and an aspiring content creator in between Oh, and an inspiring content creator in between. Oh, so <laughs> you are a very busy guy. And yeah, he's from Cape Town in South Africa. As a genetics and bioinformatics scholar, oof, that is a mouthful, uh, sounds like we have someone very smart with us today. He spends most of his time in front of a computer. His true passion and pleasure, however, is traveling to and working with and meeting new people from across Africa and the world. Lyndon's essay is titled Journey to My Heart and shares his journey back to himself inspired by BTS. Hi, Lyndon. Thank you so much for joining me. Hello, I hope you can hear me. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, I'm glad we finally, we were just talking um, before we started recording and it feels really good to finally connect after over a year emailing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it feels really good I to see you. A name to the face. Yeah, that's I right. The face to the name, actually. Yeah, <laughs> but both works for me. Um, but yeah, it's like, and also <laughs> I've seen you on social media, but it's still not the same to like as having a conversation. So yeah. I'm super stoked. So okay, let's get kicked off. Let's dive right in. Can you tell me uh, all about how you first found BTS and became an army? Sure. Um, so actually, when I found the time I found BTS was not the first time I encountered BTS. Um, as I mentioned in the book, I probably heard um, DNA, it was either DNA or Boy in Love first. Um, I was curious, I had heard uh, a bit about BTS, but I'd, I'd never engaged with K-pop really. I'd listened to a bit of Twice music, but didn't explore um, into the um, industry or the music a lot, but I did see BTS coming up a lot. I sometimes view the charts and see, hey, BTS is being mentioned. So I think I gave, I think it was DNA. I think I gave DNA a listen and I wasn't feeling it actually. <laughs> um, DNA was actually one of the songs that took me a while, but then after I started loving it, I kind of stopped listening to DNA. But yeah, that's another story. But so I listened to DNA, I, I tuned in and then I tuned out. Um, then 
I think it was pandemic, yeah, the pandemic had started um, and we had um, closed off, we were locked in um, in South Africa and it was the VMAs, it was around the time of the MTV Video Music Awards. Dynamite had just came out, I think, a few weeks before that and I started um, hearing the song on TikTok a lot. So immediately when I heard the song, I was like, some fans don't like Dynamite or the English tracks by BTS, but I appreciate Dynamite for everything that it is because it really, just instantly, um, I was turned on to the music and then I needed to watch the performance. And after I watched the performance at the um, Video Music Awards, um, the rest is history because after that, there was no turning back. So that was sort of my introduction to BTS and just the amazing musicians and great performers that they are. That is so great. So you watch this performance and you're like, oh my goodness, I love BTS. What happened after that? Did you go down the rabbit hole? Did you start looking up videos? What was that experience like? Yeah, um, of course, I first needed to get into some other music videos. So I started, I think, with Boy In Love, Idol. A lot of the Love Yourself music videos were um, the first ones to come up when you started searching. So I dove into those first. And then, yeah, you just can't help it. Like, you start watching reaction videos to the videos that you watch. And, like, it's like every other week or every second week, you start discovering just new content because BTS is so much content and you just think, wow, like this never ends. There's so much to discover. There's so much amazing content, like the reality shows, like the um, One Way Others, I love those. As, I, as you mentioned in the beginning in, in your introduction of me, I love traveling and I love meeting new people. So it was like I was living vicariously through them, um, through One Way Others, especially during the pandemic times when we were all locked inside and, and yeah, um, then I discovered the BTS universe. Like it just, like every time I think that they couldn't surprise me, there was something new and surprising yet to come. And I still, even to this day, I find I find content that I've never previously seen and then I'm like surprised and then I dive into that and watch a ton of reactions to the, that content as well. So yeah, there's always something new to discover. And I was immediately, I think when I knew I became ARMY was when the B album was released because I was so invested. And it was just like two or three months after I discovered them, but I was already, I needed to buy the album. I wanted to see it perform well on the charts. I was there live watching Life Goes On and just watching it at 10, getting those YouTube views up. Um, and I just love that album. It just really connected with me um, at the time or during the time that we were going through and I thought it was describing my um, feelings and experiences so well and yeah then I from B I think was my first full length album and then I started listening to all the album, other albums full length yeah and, I, and I'm, as, I'm say, as, as I said I'm still discovering new things to this day and that's the best part Oh yeah, absolutely. I I think we can all relate in the sense that with BTS, like it is impossible to have watched and consumed all of their content, um, which is a good thing. You know, like the journey 
never ends. <laughs> but it can be a bit, I find it a little bit stressful sometimes, like, oh my gosh, I, I'm so behind. I need to catch up. Um. <laughs> no, I have, I still need to watch like some of the In the Soup. Sorry, I haven't watched the second In the Soup. I still want to watch the In the Soup presentation um, with V. Like, there's so much that I still need to consume. And I sort of, near the end, I was like, okay, let me go slow because now I've got two years to wait before they um, um, regroup as a band. So, um, yeah, I want to take it slow because I don't want to run out of funding. I want this journey to last as long as possible. Yeah, that's right. I think there's like, what, over 200 run VTS episodes and I know that I'm going to finally <laughs> get through them all <laughs> and all of Bon Voyage as well. Um, yeah, there's just, I mean, it's great. It's it's incredible just to have what nearly ten years worth of content to get through. We're very yeah. fortunate, right? <laughs> so what I'm curious yeah, to know um, is just listening to you talk about like how you got so invested in B and the comeback. Were you ever like that with other bands or musicians, or was this like a first time experience for you? Um, I am. A, I am. Like a passionate fan, I I have been in fandoms before. For instance, I previously, and I still consider myself a part of the Glee fandom. And I was also um uh, I'm a Harry Potter, huge Harry Potter fan. I think that's just my the millennial in me. I'm, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan, so I've been part of fandoms and I've engaged a lot in the communities, but never before. Um, I can't describe any experience before this where I was so invested and so quickly as well. Like I would talk here and there within the community, but I wouldn't engage as much and I wouldn't, and I, I just wouldn't be as invested in, in, in seeing the success of this act that I'm following. Yeah, so I think this would be like, yeah, I can't describe it, but yeah, definitely <laughs> the first time. <laughs> okay, okay, that's really interesting. Um, so you're, you write about how you're a proud South African. Can you tell me what it's it was like growing up in South Africa? Because, of course, I'm from Australia, like, so our worlds are quite different um, and our, our how we grew up is quite different. So I am so fascinated because also in the first I Am Army, um, I Am Army, It's Time to Begin, the first chapter is by um, South African twins, uh, Nazneen and Taxine Sansodian, um, who run the army fan base in South Africa, which is amazing. And they painted such... Um, a, a vivid picture of what it was like and I fell in love with that kind of that feeling of of Africa and South Africa and then I found it so cool that I got another South African um for the the second book <laughs> and I could put your your essay actually at the start because I found it set the same kind of tone that um Tagsin and Nazneen's um essay did in the first book it's just um I don't know very vibrant, very celebratory, and very proud. So yeah, that's what I, I guess this question's for me more than anyone else. But um, please, I'm sure people are curious to know what was it like. Thanks. Um, actually, um, a bit of a side note. Um, Nazneen was originally the person that suggested I submit 
my essay to you. <laughs> so, oh, uh, small world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, um, I think uh, I can speak about my experience, but I want to be clear that um, every experience is different, especially in a country like South Africa, we're quite diverse. And so for me, uh, as I mentioned in the book, for a lot of my younger years, my childhood, even though we are a very diverse country, we're known as the Rainbow Nation. I didn't get much interaction with that type of diversity. Um, um, during the apartheid years, um, which was the segregation in South Africa, a lot of the communities were separated based on, on skin color. So what you grow up with, um, I think that could be quite uniform. What you grow up with in the beginning is very uniform, very much similar to yourself. So there's a bit of apprehension and a bit of fear about anything that's different. Um, and that's sort of, um, that's really the feeling that I had growing up like, but I felt like it was in contradiction with myself. What I engaged with in terms of entertainment, in terms of music was so diverse, but in, in reality, in practice, I had this sort of apprehension to it. So it was only in my teenage years, um, we moved to a bigger city. I came from a very small town in South Africa. Um, so that was probably one of the contributing factors to that. But once I moved to a bigger city, I was sort of more exposed to um, different cultures, different races. Um, and I think that was really an opening for me. I, I didn't meet it. Um, how can I say, with a best mindset, and it took a lot of adjustment, especially because I was dealing with many other issues as well at the time. But once you can really start embracing that diversity, I think that's the best part about South Africa. We've got a huge um, population of African experts in, in, South, um, in South Africa, and, and then we've just got people from all over. And and you get to learn a lot. I love working. As you mentioned that before as well. I love working with people from Africa. There's so many different experiences. And you just get to learn so much about yourself um, being in South Africa and just working with people from Africa in general. That's the best part of my job. <laughs> wow. Okay. So you're saying like in... In South Africa, you've got a lot of people who have moved from other countries in Africa, and um, and that's what really gives it that kind of vibrancy, the diversity. But where you grew up, it was still very uh, homogenous. It was just one kind of group of people that you were surrounded by, and then you moved, and you got to meet all these new people. So you also mentioned during this time you were struggling with your own issues. Can you um, kind of shed a little bit of light about what was going on for you? Yeah. So, of course, um, I identify as queer, um, but that wasn't something that I could ever accept as a child. Um, and I, I think it ties back into um, you're in a community that's so homogenous. And what I needed was to break free from that sort of uniformness, homogenousness. Is that a word? <laughs> um, I, I, I needed to in, engage and interact with different kinds of people. But yeah, um, so 
as I mentioned, I had this apprehension and fear when I first started engaging with um, diversity when I moved to a bigger city. And, and because I knew I had this social label that was also undesirable based on previous experiences, but just in general as well, what I consumed in media, I, I sort of completely retracted because now I was faced with this situation where I'm surrounded by, by these people that to me represent a threat. And the same time, I was also hiding this other big secret that was not only a threat to them, but also a threat to the people that looked like me as well. So um, yeah, it was a huge struggle, to say the least. Um, and it took me time to sort of, I really needed to engage with other types of people, um, different, not just in terms of skin color or culture, but just different mindsets and people who had a different perspective on life. I thought, um, I think if you stay with the same, you don't even realize how similarly you think um, and how similarly you, you reason things out. So just getting to interact with completely different life experiences um, teaches you a lot as well. And that's how I sort of broke the mold and sort of started um, coming into myself um, and identifying with my sexuality. Wow. Okay. So that's, that's a lot of stuff to contend with as a young person and to try and like navigate, especially. So did you meet, did you get to meet many people who shared, like, were they queer? Did they come from like other diverse backgrounds? Were they struggling in the same way? Like what kind of people did you end up surrounding yourself with when you could find different people so um surprisingly i i had a few queer friends but i tried to avoid that for the most part because i didn't want to i didn't want that label following me around um and i think that was a bit to my detriment i was extremely cautious of course um but the people who i actually just started um, the people who triggered the change in me was not necessarily of a specific race, a specific culture, or a specific sexuality. They just had a different approach to life. They were very verbal about how they communicated their emotions. They were very verbal about their feelings and their appreciation for me. And once, I, once you start hearing it, I don't know if it was in my community where I felt like it was more limited, but once you start hearing a lot of appreciation and just hearing affirmation um, from other people to yourself, it starts, um, for me at least, I started gaining a lot of strength from that and I thought um, maybe my emotions could be used as my strength and not my weakness because this is clearly something that is, that others are valuing within me when we start to connect. So it was just a, a, a mindset change from, from, I think previously I was a more logical person, a scientist in me, um, to someone who was more open and embracing of the emotions. 
Oh, that is so beautiful. Okay, so you're on this journey. So already this is happening, right? This is before BTS. So you're on this journey. You're yeah. like going through your 20s, you know, learning more about yourself, living your best life. So I'm curious to know, 2020 pandemic, you find BTS um, or BTS finds you. What what happened after that? Like, did your life change? Um, what kind of journey did you go on? Of course, you explore this a lot in the essay, but give us give us the 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 little thumbnail sketch of of what happened yeah yeah so um so it's not like it's not like a switch that you um just turn on or off like in when it's happening like when bts finds you or when i found bts it wasn't like i suddenly recognized okay this is the thing that BTS is contributing to my life, and this is why I'm so attached to it. Uh, originally, it just seems like this is amazing music, amazing content. I want to engage with it more. I'm a, uh, as I mentioned, I'm a passionate person. I get into fandoms, um, so it feels like that in the beginning. Um, and then once you start, once you start getting so invested to the point where you're looking at how an album is performing in the charts, you sort of think about it more, uh, you think about it a little deeper and you try to um, decipher why is this happening and how is this happening? Um, and I think for me, what the, the one of the big, I, I, I can't say the, because I've learned many lessons from BTS, but one of the big things that they unlocked for me at the time was the fact that previously, or up until that point in my life, I was obsessed with loving the social labels that are assigned to me. So I think many people can identify with us. We've got these, these societal expectations of us and then anything that defies those societal expectations, um, you sort of grapple with that throughout your life. Um, and, and a lot of us focus on loving those labels, for instance, loving the skin that you're in and, and loving um, getting to know your sexuality and perhaps um, identifying a different gender, as um, identifying yourself as a different gender. So, I was obsessed with loving these labels, but then once this, I discovered BTS, I realized at that point I had reached a point where I was very loving of these labels, but I wasn't loving of myself. I was just loving of these labels and these labels does not necessarily make you the person that you are. Um, you're more than just these um, social labels. and getting to love those personality traits that people also make fun of or you also get judgment for, but getting to love those more inequalities within yourself that may or may not be associated to those social labels is, um, I think, what really matters. So if I can just provide a small example, was like, um, I had some feminine aspects to me, like I like wearing nail polish or I like wearing jewelry and even though I, I accepted myself by sexuality by them 
I didn't accept maybe those um, other qualities that I had that some people may associate with that sexuality, but it's really not associated at all. And then once I saw, saw these seven amazing guys um, dressed differently um, and um, yeah, just love their life in another way, um, it sort of made me embrace that little quality about myself. That's just one example, but they are like, yeah, you just start appreciating those personality traits more. Oh, wonderful. I love that so much where it's like, yeah, fuck yeah, you can wear nail polish and jewelry and it it doesn't matter. Like, because you get to watch BTS do um, things that don't always follow what we think are, or what we've been shown are gender norms um, because it doesn't, it doesn't matter. They can still be whoever they identify mm-hmm. as and do the opposite to what we've been taught um, these genders or sexualities um, display themselves as. So that's bloody great. Yeah, I'm really into that. Please wear lots of nail polish. Hey, I mean, I am obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> Nails are where it's at. It's like nails are the <laughs> eyebrow of the arm. <laughs> oh, man, what did I just say? I don't even know. But they're important. All right, everyone, please, everyone listening, just wear the nail polish. No rules. Do it. Um, <laughs> that If you can take anything away from what Lyndon has said today, go put some nail polish on. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay so um okay I'm gonna calm down now so why did you decide to uh, write an essay and get involved in this book what made you want to share your story yeah so um very early on but not very early on I can't remember the exact um time period but and I don't even remember when the call for these essays was was released the first time but once I started becoming so invested um, um, in BTS, I, it's like I could feel they're providing a lot for me personally, that I just started to feel this agency within myself where I wanted to give back to the group or give back to the community that's making me feel these um, good things or making me feel this progress within myself. And I think that, um, that's a feeling that a lot of ARMY can identify with, especially ARMY, who is maybe like you working in content um, surrounding BTS. Um, you, you just get the sort of desire within yourself to contribute back to the group. And I initially started with um, writing um, an article about um, BTS um, in a South African journal and then or newspaper outlet and then after that uh, during that time I actually um, asked Nazneen and Dasim for their advice um, while publishing that and then we met at a BTS event I think it was German's birthday event because as you mentioned they they run the BTS South African army events and they do an amazing job um, of that. Um, I met with her then and then she suggested, or maybe even before that she suggested um, submitting this book to, this essay to you. Yeah, and, and it sort of went from there. But yeah, that feeling of agency was really something 
that I still have now, I'm still trying to figure out how I can contribute and give back to this group that I feel has given so much to me. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you, um, Tag and Naz, for hooking Lyndon up. Um, you got published because of that connection. Like, and well, you, you wrote a great essay and you sent it in. So, of course, you got published, you know, um, based on your own talent. But that's so cool. Like, and I can love I, that. Can I share one small thought? Mm. Yeah, sure. Actually, um, actually, I don't know if I wrote this in the essay, but on the day that you finally let us know that it's published, I had, um, I thought back to, because I, I mentioned this because while I watched the rise of Bangtan Duck on YouTube, and there is a quote from um, RM in one of the first few chapters where he said um, um, something along the lines of, um, someone completing their dream becomes the dream of others um, and sort of shows others that they can pursue their mm. dream and that is what his aim is. And I just got a bit emotional at the thought that he would have never expected that, like, I don't know how many years later, that actually because I've wanted to do, like, writing since I was a very, uh, like, a young child, I always said I wanted to do writing. So we would have never expected that that would be the impact of like his whole journey to a point where you sort of made my dream come true in a small way. So yeah, <laughs> thanks to BTS and thanks to you. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm so glad that makes me so happy because I, I, I mean, I, I do it because I want to, I want to share these stories and um, it makes me really happy because I, I have stories to share as well, right? And I didn't have anywhere to share them in a big way. You know, like I wanted to reach a lot of people. So then in building this for myself, I, of course, wanted to then share my platform with everyone else because <laughs> I think the whole world needs to hear all of Army's stories because um, we've got more than one story within us mm -hmm. as well, right? But, uh, yeah, and here we are and here you are and now we've made um, a lifelong connection and you're a published writer. Like, I think, I think we're both coming out of this absolute winners. So thank you like so much. <laughs> That's so cool. Okay. We're, we're getting pretty close to the end of the podcast now. Cause I know, I mean, I can already tell that Lyndon and I can talk for days probably without breathing. Um, so <laughs> let me stay in control of this. Uh, I was going to be about to call this an essay. Let me stay in control of this podcast. What I am curious to know next is um, what has happened in your life since you wrote the essay and first submitted it? Has anything changed for you? What does life look like now? Of course, you're like you're further along in your army journey. Have you made lots of friends? Just what's the update? What's what's the status update right now? Um, I don't know. I, I don't think I could say like any huge changes. I think the biggest change for me, honestly, is just my mindset and how I go through daily life. Um, just the way I navigate challenges is different. Um, and I, I, I feel like I said in the essay probably multiple times that these are now quotes I love by. Like, there are so many moments when I go through difficult times where I think of something DKSS. Um, one of the DKSS members has said, um, once or um throughout their careers like just remembering their challenges and 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 just remembering their words is 
how I go through life. I love quoting RM a lot, but I love all of them. There's another quote by RM where he says, um, um, let's wake up tomorrow um, and work a little bit harder and be someone who loves themselves. And, and whenever I go through a bad spot when, I feeling, when I'm feeling lazy and I'm not doing the work I'm supposed to do, when I'm halting you with your deadlines, sorry about that, then I'm thinking about those words and thinking, okay, tomorrow is another spot, you have another chance to fix what you haven't done today. Um, so let's do this, yeah. So just my mindset throughout has, has changed. And yeah, I think I'm a huge advocate of my daily life. People know me now as the BTS person. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it could be worse. There could be worse things to be known as. Um, but I mean, hey, in terms of mindset, like that is the older, not that we're terribly old, but you and I are around the same age, but like um, the older you get, and the older I get, the more I realize that my how I approach everything mentally is everything. Like it sets the tone for how the rest of life pans out. Um, and, you know, even if we just change 1% a day or 1% a week uh, or try 1% harder or, you know, love ourselves 1% more, over time that's, that's how change is created, right? Um, so I think even though it doesn't sound like epic, like, oh, yeah, mindset, um, it's actually crucial because uh, it, you know, we're still young. We've got the rest of our lives, right? We've got to get our heads and I think, sorted. <laughs> just to add on to that, I think that is also how BTS indirectly affects people around us as well who may not actually engage with BTS con um, content is um, these mindset changes and, and then for me, uh, they've taught me to embrace my emotions, I think is really something that I can pass on to other people as well. Um, because a lot of times um, people aren't taught to those things, aren't taught to embrace their emotions and speak themselves, so to say. So yeah, these are things that we can pass on and make that um, circle of impact even bigger. That's right. And that's, I guess that's the mission of ARMY, right? And that's why we're all here because we want to just be ourselves. And that's what BTS have taught us. Just be ourselves, love ourselves. And through that, we can change the world just by being loving and just trying, um, even if it's a tiny bit at a time. So I'm glad we're on the same page with that. And I think that's why everyone rocked up and made this book as well. You know, like we just want to, <laughs> we want to speak ourselves. We want to change the world just by just by sharing what BTS um, has done for us and what we, we've done as ARMY for one another and for BTS. So on that note, we come to the last question. I want to know from you, I already have a, a pretty good idea what the answers will be. What is your favourite BTS era music video and song? Yeah. Um, I saw this question and... I didn't think about it, but maybe I should have thought about it a bit more. But the favorite era is easy to answer. For me, it's um, the most beautiful moment in life. I mentioned that in the book as well. I just think the storytelling during that era is amazing. And I love, love, love the music as well. I think um, in terms of style, music style, that's probably my favorite that they've done, even though I love all of the music. 
So yeah, definitely the most beautiful moment in life. The second one is song and music video. Does butterfly count? <laughs> butterfly both butterfly song, butterfly um I have so many favorite songs, but yes, butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's my go-to song. I can see, I can listen to it when I'm happy. I can listen to it when I'm sad, and it does the thing that it needs to do in that moment. <laughs> and then, favorite music video. Maybe, maybe. Either boy with love or dynamite. I love the cheerfulness of those. Yeah. Yeah. The, I'm the a brightness. Very happy girl, lucky guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I could feel that. I could feel that through your writing in the chapter. So uh, that checks out. I, I can confirm. Like, Thank you. That's, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I need to confirm anything, but um, <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, Lyndon, thank you so much for joining me today. I've really enjoyed getting to talk to you some more. And of course, I don't think this is going to be our last conversation. But everyone else listening, um, you can find Lyndon on Twitter at LJ underscore Zass, Z A S, and Instagram at dreamcatcher.com. Nine two, and you can find me at the BTS Theorist on Instagram, as well as Walia Eaglehawk on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can pick up a copy of I Am Army. We don't need permission from RevoltBooks.com, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Book Depository, or by ordering through your local indie retailer. Or seriously, just like look at all of your bookstores online and see if it's there. If not, send them an email. Tell them that you want to read our book. <laughs> that would be great. Okay, everyone, <laughs> Lyndon and I are gonna like powwow off air now because. That's what we do around here. So we'll see you next time. And, um, yeah, thank you so much, Lyndon. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.